The Kansas City Chiefs are ready and waiting to see whether they can reclaim that number one seed or not. Based on their performance against the Broncos, you have to think that there's a lot of room yet to go. We're going to break down that game. Wait to find out what happens with Bills and Bengals right now, today, on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It is Monday, going into Tuesday as we record this. We're waiting for kickoff of Bills and Bengals to help find out what the Chiefs are going to do. we got to break down this game, though, as they do their part to get prepared. We're brought to you today by Prize Picks. You want to check them out because all of our Locked On Chiefs fans get daily fantasy sports made easy. With two to five players being in your lineup, you get a 100% instant deposit bonus when you put $100 or less into your account with the code Locked On at Prize Picks. Dot com. Lots to go over here. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make the draft show your next one because I'm already getting my rankings out. A lot going on there. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, NFL 33, RGR Football, and obviously I'm a bit of a cheese fan too. Just a little bit of one. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. A lot to talk about. Getting ready for this game and quite honestly, uh, getting ready for a huge Monday night game that is going to have a huge effect, possible huge effect on Kansas City. Yeah, enormous. And and there's not we can't really dumb that down. And I know everybody's keyed up. We are going to release this at our normal time on audio. So you may actually get a chance to listen to this before it goes. But this is what it comes down to. This is a great evening for the team. And I think Patrick talked about it in his post-game presser after the Broncos game. He's going to try to watch it as a fan. That's impossible. That's a great sentiment from him, but there is no way that he can sit there and watch that without breaking it down because this game is going to hinge not only on whether they play the wild card week, but who they play and what the path is that they can foresee opponent by opponent to try to get back to that Super Bowl. I think it's super important, and I'm really happy that it came this way. If this were a Sunday afternoon game, I think there could have been some distractions. I think there could have been a lot of, of mixed interest. Now they get to sit back, analyze both teams as they go through, and then get to the film. And Chris is going to be back in just a second when he unmutes, and he'll let us know what he thinks because he's got to think something. I do think something. That my problem is, is I have a cough, so I apologize. I mute myself. Trying to avoid coughing into the mic uh, when you were talking, so I apologize on that. Uh, big thing that I have to say is there's so much that's going into tonight's game on Monday Night Football, but we did find out Kansas City's playing on Saturday next week. That's kind of mm. surprising. Yeah, is the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, I took maybe. it that way too. <laughs> I, I really, I really don't know what else to say because in, in this scenario. You're basically giving the Bills the opportunity to know what Kansas City does before they even play. And I don't think that's really fair, but it is what it is. It, it is what it is. And I, I I agree with you. I think that's a little bit uh, strange. I would have thought Chiefs would have gotten the Sunday gig. But, hey, it, it can't control it. That's what it's going to be. I'm a little surprised as to way the way some of the things went down in that game. And hopefully – what it will do is give them, should they have to play in the wildcard week, an extra day of rest. Um, it's not a week. It's not. It's not Maybe an extra for. day of rest. True. They can play Usually Saturday if the playoff they, game. Right. Usually if they, they stack you on Saturday, they try to put you on Sunday the next week. Let's hope that that's the way that it works. We've seen crazier things. That's for sure. Um, 
I think they could use it, though, because that's what this whole thing is about. This whole push is so that you get that extra rest. The Chiefs could use it as much as they are uh, continuing to churn through. They need to give some guys a break. Travis Kelsey comes to mind immediately. Joe Tooney, obviously, with the injury. And I have not seen an update on Joe Tooney today. I'm hoping for more details, but they don't seem to have uh, released the MRI results yet. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on Tooney. It did say that Snead is day-to-day with a hit pointer, so a little bit of an update there. Uh, I haven't seen anything on Sky Moore either, um, but I'm going to see if we get some more information on those. Yeah, Sky Moore, I'm not too concerned about. You can play through a little laceration on your hand. I'm not uh, concerned about that. It is uh, about the bigger injuries. And honestly, whether you need Joe Tooney or not comes down to what you have to do next week, and that comes down to the result of Monday Night Football. We'll talk more about that later in the show, but getting back to this particular ball game, standouts for you after reviewing the film, uh, checking the stats, what, what really rings true to you after this ball game against the Broncos? I want to throw one last stat out just for next week. Uh, the team that has played the 49ers every single week this season has lost the week after they played the 49ers. Just a heads up for the Raiders game. Kansas City had a bye after the 49ers game, so that's the one time it didn't happen. Uh, when you start looking at what rings true in this game, Chris Jones is the reason Kansas City won. He is by far the biggest reason they won. Uh, his ability to shut down the Broncos when he did it and how he did it, and and really uh, Spagnuolo giving him the ability to ad lib because that's basically what he did on that play. He lined up in a specific in a different position than he was supposed to. And he won him the game. True, true. Yeah, that's that's the way that it comes down. Uh, and, and kudos to, to Spags for just allowing that to happen. When it turn when it comes to letting Chris be Chris, you, you kind of have to do that because you're hurting yourself if you don't. That's that's really just what it comes down to. And that, Chris had a great game. He he's not the most elite pass rusher grade this week from PFF. Uh, that is Trent McDuffie, but you know what? One pass rush, one sack. You know that has a, a tendency to get you a nice grade. Uh, one strip, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, and Chris Jones as well. Only got one pressure, but it was uh, that that sack, at least in, in true pass set numbers. Uh, when you look at overall, they only gave him one pressure. Yeah, that's he had, the way it, he had Wilson it, twice. In, it, they called it true pass set, and that, that's a different kind of scenario for them. We can argue about the debacles. I, I agree with you. That's a little misleading. Um, a hurry and that sack, obviously. Uh, interesting, though, that Frank Clark was the guy who got the most pressure. And when you take that into account, again, you can feel the ramp up coming. Frank Clark also had a, had a 15% win percentage, which is great. Uh, the best of the interior defensive linemen in win percentage yesterday. Now, uh, again, the DBs. They got lucky because, you know, you, they don't rush as much. So if you get one, it, it has tendency to, to come back on you. But with, with Frank starting to rise, almost similar to what we saw in 2019, you have to feel good about where this is going. Also knowing that George Karloftis, well, he only got one pressure yesterday. It was that sack. So he, he's continuing to move through and improve. And I think, what is it, five and a half sacks in six weeks? Is that yeah. where we're at? Like it's, it's five and a half sacks in six weeks or five and a half sacks in five and not sure which, but yeah, he's right there, almost averaging a sack a game, which is great. I mean, he wasn't getting that type of win uh, early on, but he is coming on strong in the second half of the season, and you do not see him hitting a rookie wall, which is good as well. Yeah, that's absolutely good. Another thing that is good 
is our friends over at Prize Picks. Let me tell you about them because it's new and it's different, and you want to check them out. Uh, if you had Patrick going for the two ninety-five and a half or more, then you made some money this last weekend with his game against the Broncos because that's what it comes down to. Is Prize Picks is going to set a line? All you have to choose is whether you think the player produces more or less from that line. Very, very simple. You string two to five of those players together in an entry, and you can win 10 times your entry amount when it comes due. It's fast, it's easy, it's simple, and it's safe. Those are the things that you want. You can play a ton of different sports, but obviously we all know you're here for football. Lots of angles there. This, the withdrawals are and, uh, fast and safe as well, and you can do it in 30 states plus Canada. All you have to do is go get the app. You can go to the website as well, but the app is available in all the stores and prizepix.com is always open. And with our code locked on, you get a deposit bonus up to 100%, up to $100. So if you put in 10 bucks, you get 10 bucks. You put in 100 bucks, you get $100 to use in daily fantasy sports through prizepix. Now, if you put in $500, you still only get 100. So there is a limit. Make sure that you're aware of that. But that code is locked on and it gets you that 100% deposit bonus at prizepix.com. The other thing that we want to make sure that we, we're checking lines, we're, we're seeing who comes and who goes, is who's actually putting out the effort. Uh, just looking at, at snap counts for me, uh, a couple of things stood out. It was 20 snaps for Kadarius Tony. I thought that was interesting. Uh, like to see that coming up. Uh, I hope that that results in more targets myself. That's the bigger thing for me is uh, – Routes run are great, uh, but when you you have that percentage that starts to fluctuate, I think it was Travis was in for 42 pass snaps, uh, about average when you look at his overall because I believe he played 52 as a whole, whereas the offensive line, uh, they played generally as a unit and 61 snaps was, was the offensive play count. Only two pressures allowed from Orlando Brown and Wiley. Trey Smith had a pair as well, but the Pro Bowlers in Tooney and Creed, zero pressures on the day. I think that's that's what you have to build on. That's why it's so key to have Joe Tooney back. What about Allegretti? Sorry. I am looking for Allegretti. Played 20 snaps. 13 of those were in pass block. And let me see what he allowed. Hey, you got to love that. That's a, a big fat goose egg. 13 snaps, zero pressures allowed. So... You can see the fill-in, is, it's kind of an automatic at this point. That's why Nick Algretti's here is to be that interior swing guy. When those guys goes down, he can play all three positions. That's a, a good huge. omen. It's it's enormous. Now, it's also helpful that when you're looking at next week, you're talking about playing Max Crosby uh, out on the edge. You're not necessarily talking about having uh, you know the, the most robust interior pass rush. So I, I think that bodes well for hopefully whether it's – uh, by design or by default, that Joe Tooney gets a, an extra week off to, to rest up. Yeah, but you're also not playing against Chandler Jones, which I think is going to help Kansas City as well. You have one one really big pass rusher that you have to worry about, Max Crosby, who's a phenomenal pass rusher. So that's definitely going to be something you want to mark up and know where he is at all times. Uh, I would love nothing more than to see Travis Kelsey get a couple more snaps off this week. Um mm -hmm. You know, you and I talked, they need to be under 70% probably this week. And, and the reality is, is Gray has played well. Get him in there more. Uh, Bell has shown that he can catch the ball and be a target in in the passing game. Get him in there more. Give Travis Kelsey a, a couple of extra snaps off. He actually looked like he got dinged at some point. And uh, I can't remember, what was it, the third quarter? Um, 
and it looked like an injury that I was not going to be very happy about because it looked like it was possibly a knee injury. Uh, a little bit scary there. So you yeah. need to make sure that you keep him healthy and maybe you get his snaps down to 50% this week. They should be able to beat the Raiders without him. Yeah, you would hope so. Now I want to go back to to the, the past distribution. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Uh, 10 targets for him. But it was uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling that came in second there with seven. Right behind him was Jerick McKinnon, who's been on an absolute tear. But in feeding MVS so much, yet you are only got, of those seven targets, two completions. Are you at the point where you're worried about how many snaps he's playing over other players? Uh, he did play 40 uh, pass uh, route snaps. Uh, I'd like to see that balance come up with me. I mean, he outsnapped Juju, and I find that concerning. Yeah, it's a little concerning to me because MBS uh, and Patrick do not seem to have chemistry at all, and that is the concern. It's not necessarily that he's playing a lot. It's more that him and Patrick are not on the same page, and you see that by Mahomes overthrowing him a couple of different times. And it wasn't just once. It was multiple times. And maybe that's partially mechanics. Maybe it's just a matter of, they're not being on the same page, uh, whatever it is. In week eight, in week seventeen, you cannot have those continually happening. Uh, you know, it was one thing in the middle of the season when you're still trying to work on chemistry and getting on the same page, but to have that happen in week seventeen, he had two of them that should have probably been easy walk-in touchdowns if Mahomes can hit him, uh, and he missed them both. That's a that's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes took. Uh... I won't say blame, but he, he took accountability for that, and, and yep. kudos to him. Um, I will give him credit to MBS as well. A couple of those were contested catches. He didn't come down with either of them. We've known that. We talked about that when he was well, acquired. Despite his size, he's not a contested catch guy. Yeah, but the the semi-fade in the end zone was a bad throw. Yeah. That's completely on Patrick. You can't – I mean, you can – He put, he put it where anybody could get to it. MVS is 6'4", use his height, let him go up and try to get the ball. If he isn't able to get his feet down, he isn't able to get his feet down. But he had no chance at that pass because the DB was right there. And it was right at their shoulder pads. Yeah, it makes things incredibly hard to do that. Now, I, I think we need to talk about who's who's playing snaps, who's, who's producing well on the defensive side as well. Because like we're going to see in this Monday night football game, the defense is going to be stressed either way, no matter who they play, whether it's Bengals, bills etc cetera, etc cetera. how are they getting it done we'll do that coming up next but i'm going to tell you about our friends over at bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college football season to basketball in world cup we've got it all on betonline.net if you love sports podcasts you can find those on bet online as well we're the, always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. On the defensive side of the ball, I think one thing that we've been we've been paying attention to all season is all this youth who's actually coming up and playing well. Obviously, Jerry's had got banged up, so it was only targeted three times. Trent McDuffie was targeted four. Uh, Trent actually gave up less yardage in his three completions than Legereus was able to. So I feel like, again, not to, not to harp on, on all things Trent McDuffie, but by having Trent McDuffie on the rise, that's helping everything else out. Obviously, we saw the struggles uh, with Joshua Williams. He was only targeted once. 
but there there is a lot to his game that you have to try to to bolster up. He was actually outsnapped nearly three to one by Jalen Watson. Are you surprised by that? I'm very surprised by that. I, I'm very very surprised that they continue to move, mix and match those players. Uh, it looked like Williams had been the guy that they were going to go with the past several weeks, and then all of a sudden it's Watson that comes out there and. It is what it is. I mean, they're going to choose who they think gives them the best option. I would have figured that you put Williams out there because I think that uh, he is a guy they could probably match up a little bit better with Cortland Sutton and the size of Cortland Sutton. Uh, so that's a little surprising to me. But at the same time, uh, they felt better about Watson and the matchup they had there. So they went that direction. And it's going to be something to watch over the next couple of weeks. It, it, are they going to settle on somebody? Or are they just going to try to throw out there who they think is best for the matchup for that week? Yeah. On the plus side, it does look like uh, the the targets are coming down a little bit. Willie Gay was only targeted three times. He did uh, disallow one. It ended up for 24 yards on the day. But the big thing for me, as I take a look at the stats, and, and it felt good, fairly good at the time. We know Juan missed a play deep. He did allow uh, three out of three in terms of completions. It was just for 26 yards, but that, that was a big problem. But the other two safeties, I thought, really stepped up. And when you look at what uh, Justin Reed and Brian Cook were able to do, both of them allowed one catch on three targets each. Cook only allowed one yard. He was targeted, I think, at like uh, two and a half yards in terms of depth, whereas uh, Reed was at like three and a half. So a, a lot of stuff where they can come up and get those plays. But the safety play has been kind of a weak link over the last couple of years in terms of giving up those, those intermediate routes. And this is an encouraging sign to me that at least of the three safeties, we know they're going to play a ton of dime, and you have to stop those routes, whether it's whether it's Boyd in Cincinnati, uh, whether it's it's anybody not named Mike Williams in Los Angeles, or whether it's Diggs, you know, et cetera, in Buffalo. I think the safety evolution is what I'm really looking forward to to seeing this continue. This was an encouraging sign, especially when we broke down the stats for me. Yeah, the safety play has to continue getting better, and they need to try to figure out how they're going to get Bolton out of doing the coverage that he's doing because he is the one that is allowing the most catches and uh, decent yardage. I'm not going to say it's great yardage, but it's decent yardage. What was it? Six, six, catch, the, six catches for 70-plus yards, I think. Yeah, and unfortunately, it is the yak that got him. Of those 77 yards, 45 were yak. Yeah, and part of it is he cannot drop. He doesn't have the speed to drop as deep as you would want him to in the middle of the field. That's a coverage issue that you need to get figured out going into the playoffs. You cannot continue to have him do those types of drops and not have somebody helping him over the top. That's it. That's exactly the point. Is You, you can't blame Nick Bolton because he is the player that he is, and we knew this going in, that – it is about how you design the help to help him. And I think the dime is part of that. Um, and hopefully if Reed and Cook in particular can can continue to patrol that same area that overlaps with the linebacker drop, then you feel good about the overall ability of the defense to stop the pass down there. Well, it would be encouraging if they could get it to where he wasn't allowing six of six for 70-some yards. And I agree with you. Yak is the problem. And that was where the touchdown went too, right? I mean, the touchdown was over the middle of the field. Uh, and I realized that, that I guess they're not counting that on Thornhill. They're counting that on Bolton on that long touchdown. Uh, I No, I do believe that was on Thornhill. I'd have okay. to take a look. Um, of course, at least uh, that's in my recollection. Let me look at what PFF had. Uh, they did chalk it up to Thornhill as well. Did they? Okay. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's a great route combination that ran by ran by the Broncos on that touchdown. Uh, problem is, is you cannot put your you cannot put your linebacker that is in that type of position that cannot drop, and that's the biggest problem they have. They have two linebackers now that can't drop. Not only do they have Bolton, but they have Schnell as well, and that makes it a lot harder to be able to do anything and protect the middle of the field. So you're going to have to figure it out with the safeties in the corners. Yeah, it, it definitely is something that you have to, as a team defense, be able to account for. Um, I don't know that you're going to change the spots on, on Nick Bolton. Um, and everything else that he does is so high level that I think you have to live with that. And you can compensate oh, absolutely. with some new new, new wrinkles that I do expect because of the vanilla nature that we've seen lately. I do think that Steve Spagnuolo has a couple new wrinkles coming. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that they need to get rid of Nick Bolton at all. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I, I like what he brings to this defense. He's been better than I, I could have ever imagined, but that is his weakness, and you need to be able to figure out a way to help your player get over the weakness because he's not able to do it with his legs. Scheme-wise, it's just not a great fit for him in that scenario. Yeah. That said, there are ways the teams can hurt you, both the teams that are playing in Monday Night Football that Chiefs have seen and lost narrowly to. It becomes a question for me of how you choose to let them hurt you because they have multiple ways. I don't think the run game in particular is what I'm scared of with either of those teams. We'll see if that opinion changes tonight in the way that they play each other. But taking this Broncos game and the performance of, of the defense as a whole, how do you feel about how it matches up with, with both of these teams when they get to see them for a second time? I'm still worried about the Bengals. Uh, in, until you can figure out how to cover all three of those guys – on a regular basis and continually be sticky in coverage, that's going to be a problem. And that's really the biggest problem. I'm not saying Joe Burrow isn't a great quarterback. He is very good, but he has weapons that no other team has. Those He's got at least two number ones and a guy that could easily be argued as close to a number one as well. And the third one, Boyd. Absolutely. It is that plethora of weapons that you have to devise something and you can't just go to zone. Um, I, I think the Chiefs got burned up a little bit in zone yesterday. I think that the Bengals will take more advantage of that than the Bills will in particular. But Well, and, and the bigger question, sorry, uh, really quick, the bigger question when you go back against the Bengals is they, if they're healthy, they'll have Joe Mixon and they'll have Hayden Hurst. So mm -hmm. they have even more weapons. So it goes back to what I was talking about before. It, it, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but the weapons around him – it is going to be very hard to compete. You're going to have to you're going to have to score every single time you have the ball if you're the Chiefs because you're going to have a hard time stopping the Bengals on offense. Yeah, points or points or points, got to get them. So, just as we wrap up today, what's your feeling about what this contest brings us tonight in terms of uh, Bengals or Bills victory? You know, the way I look at it is that Kansas City has been hosting all these AFC championship games. Uh, I would love to see that trend continue. Uh, I just, when it, when I look at the Bills, I think that they're a good team, but they haven't been playing like it. And Josh Allen hasn't played very good since he played against Kansas City. I mean, he's been playing okay, but it hasn't been Josh Allen-like from last year. Uh, he's been turning the ball over a lot. Uh, he has been, you know, turning it over in the red zone a lot, and that's a problem. Uh, you know, Patrick has been doing that too. So, you know, you got to figure out how to get, overcome those things. But really the reality is, is the Bills have the same problem the Chiefs do. The Bills have a better defense probably, but the question is, is can they stop the three-headed monster or four or five-headed monster that, that they have 
on offense. If they can yeah. stop the Bengals and they can figure out a way to stop the Bengals, maybe they have a chance at winning this game. Uh, but it is going to be in Cincinnati that I think helps the Bengals a little bit. Uh, but the Bengals have been playing very well, and they're on a, quite a good re- winning streak. And they have a defensive coordinator that knows how to get into QB's heads and how to make them not understand what they're seeing. Agreed. I, I think the Bengals win this, and that puts the Chiefs back into first place. Then they just have to deal with the Raiders, and we will go from there. Let's hope that that prediction comes true, folks. Let us know what you think. Or if you're watching, give us your comments on YouTube and your reviews over in Apple and Spotify. Get ready for this ball game. We're pretty excited about it. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Matt Derrick is coming back. Then we look ahead to the Raiders, and we'll give you our pre-show. You don't want to miss that, so you know what's coming in terms of of counts, stats, etc., how they will break that down. Check out RGR for all the film review that you have. And uh, if you are starting to get itchy about the draft, you can check out NFL 33. We have more content over there. Thanks for all of your time. Don't forget that this game is what's going to decide where the rankings sit. I have my fingers crossed, Chris. Any last thoughts? No, I'm I'm a lifelong Bengals fan right now. I'm going to pull off Seth Kaiser. We're all lifelong Bengals fans tonight. Uh, well, lifelong for one night. I like that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I dated a girl like that once. Okay. We are out of here. Have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow with reaction and more about this game and where it leaves us in the seating for the Kansas City Chiefs. Take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow.